Hello and welcome to John Cook Ministries podcast. I'm John Cook. again and welcome back to our continuing study on just a thought on the book of Revelation. Today is part two, or excuse me, today is part five of our continuing study on just a thought on the book of Revelation chapter 12. I'm John Cook. Again, I remind you that you can find the previous studies on this subject on on my YouTube page or on my YouTube channel, which I've given to you previously. Uh, I will try to remember to put it into the description uh, of this uh, uh, broadcast just as soon as I get off of it, if I can remember. Some things are very difficult for me to remember. So, Part 5 of Just a Thought on Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7 says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. Now remember, in our previous study, we found out that the dragon is that old serpent, the devil, and Satan. And so what we find here is Michael and his angels fighting against the devil and his angels. This is a war that takes place in heaven. There's no peace in this world as long as the devil is loose. We live in a world that constantly is talking about peace. In fact, the Lord tells us in the Old Testament that men would say, peace, peace, when there is no peace. So many say, pray for peace. Pray for peace in the world. Well, in reality, there's going to be no peace until the devil is removed. In James chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, let me get our slides up on the... In James chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, we read, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members, ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. It's clear in the scriptures that our lust, our flesh, 
lust after the things that the devil wants us to lust after. Our flesh has been corrupted. And the Bible says that these wars and fightings come because we want something, but we can't get it. We desire to have something, but we can't obtain it. So we go to battle for it. We war to get what we want. So the devil wars to get what he wants as well. The devil is at war with God and God's will. In Revelation chapter 20, verses 7 through 10, we find that when the thousand years were expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea, and they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So the devil is at war with God. And as long as he's loose, there's going to be war. There's going to be no peace. In fact, the devil in his wickedness entices our flesh to go to war as well. As well. What we just read in Revelation chapter 20 is after a period of time when there is no wars or when there are no wars. This is a period of time after the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ on this earth, on the throne of his father David in Jerusalem, the beloved city that the Bible speaks of here. Satan will be bound for that thousand years. And then at the end of that thousand years, he'll be turned loose for a time. He will gather the nations that are coming out of the millennial reign of Christ that don't appreciate the reign of Jesus Christ. And they will go to battle with him. They will surround the beloved city, the Bible says, which is Jerusalem. And God will send fire out of heaven and devoured, devour those troops. He takes the devil and cast him into the lake of fire. This is when the devil finally comes to his place. And that's the lake of fire. The place prepared for the devil and his angels, the Bible tells us. So this is where Satan is headed. So as long as Satan's free in this world, there's going to be wars. 
The wars will end when Satan is bound for a thousand years. And then a war will commence at the end of that thousand years, led by Satan because he's been let loose again. And finally, and for all time, the wicked will be judged for their rebellion against God and against his own. When we talk about war, or when we talk about war, people constantly want to talk about peace. So the question comes, when will there be peace on this earth? Well, when God gets the glory. We love to quote Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, at this time of year, at the Christmas season. It says, suddenly, this was at the birth of Christ, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now, I want you to notice something. I want you to notice that first in that statement comes glory to God in the highest. And then comes on earth, peace. Until you get glory to God, you're going to get no peace. Because there's no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. In Revelation chapter 20, which we read the scripture just a moment ago, shows when God is going to bring that peace upon the earth for all time. This is future, not past. We're not dealing with the past, something that's already been accomplished. No, we're doing, dealing with the future something that is yet to be accomplished. The Bible tells us then in our scripture in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7, I believe it is, says Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. When this war takes place in heaven, it's Michael and his angels that fight against the dragon. Michael is the angel that deals primarily with Israel, not with the church. I should say he deals specifically with Israel because in Daniel chapter 10 and verse 21, Daniel is told, but I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth. And there is none that holdeth with these, or there is none that holdeth with these things, but Michael, your prince. This angel that is appearing to Daniel to deliver the message says the, the angel that stands with you, your prince, that's Israel's prince, is Michael. Not only is he called Michael, your prince, but he's called, let me correct this, 
He's called one of the chief princes. Daniel 10 and verse 13, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days. This is the same angel that mentions Michael, your prince. He says, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. So Michael is the one who stands for Israel. And Michael is the one who helps this angel deliver the message that God has for Israel. He's not only called the chief of the princes, but he's called a great prince. In Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the people, standeth for the children of thy people, Israel again. So Michael directly deals with Israel. I can't write that. Sorry. Directly deals with the children of Israel. And he says, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. He's talking about Jacob's trouble. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. This is when the final deliverance comes for Israel. And Michael's a part of that. He's the great prince that stands for Israel. He's called the archangel in Jude chapter 1 and verse 9. Michael, the archangel. When contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuked thee. Michael, one of the chief princes, Michael, a great prince, Michael, called the archangel, has to call on the Lord to rebuke the devil. So his power comes from God, and it's not his personal power. Now, the interesting thing is, is that Michael seems to play a part in the rapture. Because in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16, it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. Now, the only one that is called the archangel in Scripture is Michael. So with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So, Michael seems to have a part in the rapture of the believers. Goes on, the scripture in Revelation 12, 7 says, the dragon fought and his angels. So the devil's not going to go away without a fight. In fact, the Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse 7 in our lives, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Notice it takes resistance 
Resist the devil, the Bible says, and he will flee from you. So the same thing is true in this battle. The devil will fight to keep his position, to keep his location. He will fight against Michael and his angels. So the devil and his angels are going to fight. Now, what do we need to resist the devil? Because like Michael, we can't move in our own power. We need the whole armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 through 14 says, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Did you notice that the whole purpose of all that we do is to stand? God wants us to stand, and he enables us to do it by our putting on the whole armor of God. Not part of it. The pieces to this armor are not choices to be made. In other words, well, I'll take this piece, and you take this play, piece. The pieces of this armor are absolutely necessary and must be on, put on completely. The helmet, the breastplate, our loins gird about with truth, the shoes, which are the gospel of peace, the shield, which enables us to quench the fiery darts of the devil, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. All of this is necessary. It's imperative. If we're going to stand, and having done all to stand, therefore stand, We've got to put on the whole armor of God. That's the way we resist the devil today. So our need is to resist the devil. Our victory comes from God as the victory of Michael and his angels will come from God. Romans 8.37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Notice, we're more than conquerors through him. Our power is not our flesh, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But our power to conquer comes through 
Him through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 tells us, But I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong. And the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. There's that sword of the Spirit, the word of God. And by the sword of the Spirit and by the power of God in our lives, we overcome the wicked one. Our power to overcome comes through the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit of God. Our victory comes through God and by God and through God alone, not through our power. Now, these angels that fight with the devil, the devil and his angels, the ones identified as his angels, are not the angels that are currently being held in darkness, spoken of in Jude chapter 1 and verse 6. It says, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. So the angels that are kept in darkness reserved in everlasting chains of darkness today are the angels that kept not their first estate. Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 and 2 and verse 3 deal with these angels. It came to pass, the Bible says, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, daughters were born unto them. That the sons of God, now that's important, the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives. The sons of God is the they who took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. So first he talks about man. For he also, that also tells us there's another class of beings there, is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. So, God is going to bring about judgment upon these angels who kept not their first estate, the sons of God. These are angels that chose to come into this world and marry the daughters of men and produce giants, according to the Bible. Now, there's a lot of argument about that. Because they say, well, if these 
are angels, that's not possible. Because these angels can't marry. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the angels in heaven do not get married. But the revelation in Scripture is every time you see an angel, it's a woman or it's a man. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Wrong doctrine. It's a man. So here are the sons of God taking the daughters of men and producing giants. They kept not their first estate, and they're now held reserved in darkness. So what happens in this battle? I mean, when, when Michael and his angels fight against the devil and his angels, what happens? What takes place? What's the outcome of the battle? Well, the scripture shows us that the devil and his angels lose the battle. Revelation 12, 8 says, The devil and his angels prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. They're not greater in strength than God is. And they finally are going to get their judgment. And they're going to be cast out, which we will see in the next verse. They do not triumph. Satan is not going to win the battle. Satan's going to win, lose the battle. He's going to lose the war. Wars are, a war is made up of battles. And the, this battle is one he's going to lose. And he's going to lose the war when it's all done and said. Notice it says lost their place. That there, there was no more, they had no more, what is the scripture there? I'm going to have to look at it, look at it again. Um, it says, neither was their place found any more in heaven. Their place. Neither was their place. Their defeat is certain. Their loss is complete. They lose their place. Some place between here and heaven, we see that the devil and his angels have access. In fact, the devil has access to the throne of God. But when this battle is finished, they lose their place. No more access. He won't be able to access heaven any longer. In Job chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Well, then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. What do we see about this? Well, the Bible tells us that Satan is restless. 
Verse 7 there, we read, Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. Satan is restless. He's not, he's not just in one place. He's constantly moving. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Why is he going up and down in the earth and walking up and down in it? He's looking for who he can devour. So that, Christian, is why we must be sober. We must be on our guard, vigilant. Because the devil is our adversary. And he is constantly accusing us. And he is constantly looking for an inroad to devour us. He wants to devour. That's his whole purpose, is to devour. Revelation, excuse me. <laughs> Everything's live is live. In Revelation 12.10, we read that he is the accuser of our brethren. It says, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Today, Satan accuses us before the throne of God. I mean, he's constantly accusing us before God, that we're not faithful to him. And too often we give him evidence to present, which is a terrible thing. But he accuses us. Even when we're doing right, he accuses us. He accuses us constantly. But in that day, he's going to be cast out, and he will no longer be able to accuse the brethren. In fact, he will be excluded, cast out, no access to the throne of God. But that's not true today. Today he accuses us. So we need an intercessor, and we have an intercessor. Romans chapter 8, verse 33 and 34 says, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Well, we know the devil shall. It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. When Satan accuses us before the throne of God, Satan wants to destroy us. He wants to condemn us. He wants to take us to hell with him. But our great intercessor, the Lord Jesus Christ, he makes intercession for us, claiming the payment made. He made the payment. 
He has justified us. He has cleansed us. In fact, it's like Balaam heard Balak say, curse him, curse him. That's what the devil wants. And Balaam said to Balak, I can't curse who God has blessed. And God has seen no iniquity in Israel. So God has blessed us by not imputing to us our sin because it's been paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ. Washed away. The little little song I grew up in Sunday school singing. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Now my soul is free and in my heart's a song. Buried in the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. I shall live eternally. Praise God. My sins are G-O-N-E, gone. My sins are gone because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is my intercessor, as he is the intercessor for all born-again believers. Then comes a victory that is a great victory, a a victory we're looking forward to, a victory when Satan will no longer be able to come before the throne of God and accuse us. His defeat is set and certain. Our victory is set and certain in our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I trust that this study is a blessing to you, and you'll join us for the next lesson. Till then, God bless. Hey, this is John Cook again. Thank you for listening to the John Cook Ministries podcast on just a thought on the book of Revelation. Now, before you go, how about take some time and leave us a comment or maybe a prayer request or what question do you have that we might be able to answer for you? Let us know how we can help you. And don't forget to subscribe to the John Cook Ministries podcast, and you will get the next lesson just as soon as it is released. Well, we'll say goodbye for now. God bless, till the next video.